Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. I just want to highlight some things that are going to go on in the tent during Holy Week, and then I want to show you some pictures from Mozambique. Um, would you please put the word out? Take this little handout, and uh, we also, I think, will have some postcards if you would hand them out to family, friends, neighborhood. During the whole week, starting Palm Sunday, which will be April 10th, that morning at 10 o'clock, bring a dish to pass. Lots of extra food, because we're likely to, we're gonna be advertising, and we're gonna have people come. People that don't go to church normally, maybe once or twice a year, during that week, they'll come. They'll come to Palm Sunday, or they'll come to Resurrection Sunday on April 17th. So that morning, we'll be in the tent, praise God, good weather, (laughs) and um, starting that morning, we'll, we'll be in there, then we'll do a dish to pass, we're gonna cook burgers, so, Bring a bunch of stuff, we'll set up tables, we're just gonna have a great time out there. We'll do worship in the tent in the morning at 10 o'clock. And then that evening, starting at 6.30 for the whole week, that whole Holy Week, we're gonna be in the tent every night from 6.30. Wednesday night, Jennifer Costell will be here in the tent. You, wanna, you don't wanna miss that. We've had other speakers that are coming, other worship teams as well. And then Thursday, we'll start our fast at noon. We're gonna go three days. Uh, there's a church in Florida joining with us for revival to come. And when I read what prophecy we got this, this uh, couple of days ago about the Carolinas, you're gonna wanna be part of that as well. And then Friday night, we'll have Good Friday service at 6.30, we'll be a real somber, we'll take communion Good Friday. We'll continue our fast until noontime, Resurrection Sunday and then you can go have a big meal and do whatever. And so, would you encourage people to come out that night? This is a time for revival that the Lord is gonna just pour out uh, over this house and over this region. So I wanted to read this uh, prophetic word first to you, and then I'll show you the pictures from Mozambique. Um, Chuck Pierce, some of you may or may not know him, he's been a prophet for many, many years, really connected with Israel. Um, He's had a heart uh, for the seeing of revival over, and he has had this word over the Carolinas back in 2001, he had a prophetic word. Well, this past week, he was in Philadelphia at a church and speaking, so on March 25th, he prophesied over North and South Carolina. Here's what he said. This is the prosperity anointing that comes from unity. There is going to be a new unity in the Carolinas. And it's going to produce a new anointing in America. It can only come to the Carolinas. That's other prophets, if you know history. And the Lord said it will cause wrath and greed to be uprooted so that he wanted to set a bloodline over us because you are upgrading, you are uprooting greed, wrath, bloodshed, division, broken covenant. Now the Father, I say right now, here's the Father, the Carolinas are coming into an anointing. An anointing. It's about the anointing in the Carolinas. There's an anointing going to come to the Carolinas. Did you get it? (laughs) A move of God, a breaker anointing coming out of the Carolinas Get ready, I love that song we said, get ready, get ready, Jesus is coming back. I'm sending you forth to bring forth the breaker anointing at the gates. Remember, we've been to the gates, we prayed over the gates, so hey, thank you, Lord. We embrace that for his glory. Our prayer has always been that he would become famous. No men, no women, no church, he becomes famous. So praise God for what he's going to do and he's about to do. Lord, you said in Amos, you don't do anything that you don't first reveal it to the prophets. And so we embrace that and we thank you in advance. So many of you know that the Great Commission, which is not a great suggestion, says become a witness. Go into all the world, right? Preach the gospel, share it. But then he says, when you're gonna be your witnesses, so many of you know our team and we've had a mission base in Mozambique for I think this 18 years, I can't remember, it's been so long. Well, a cyclone went through March 10th. I haven't been able to get a hold of our leaders and I'm like, where's Kent and Andrea? What's happening? Why aren't they? And finally I got this breakthrough from Kent and um, basically Cyclone Gombi came through 
and it did destructive pieces. I, let's, uh, let's go ahead and show the pictures. Finally, Kent sent this out to me yesterday, and uh, there's a video that's even more heartbreaking, but that's our mission base. Those are the solar panels that were up. This is one of the local houses. So we have um, reports that Kent, you know, he's been ministering with one of the local pastors there. They've had refugees. We don't hear a lot about, we've heard a lot about different refugees, but there were refugees in the north by Pemba coming down because of the, the uh, people of another faith were beheading Christians. So they've come, there's, by the hundreds have come, and Kent's been ministering with a local pastor there. So they're in a real dire straits right now. What I'd like to do, we're gonna have to rebuild the mission base. I wanna take up a special offering this morning. Uh, you can make it out to Global River, and just put it in here, Mark Mozambique. You can go online if you don't have cash this morning or you wanna do it, another, but I'd ask you to pray about the rebuilding. There's some real, I was thinking about you know, we have power and food. You know, we might complain about gas prices or whatever. Um, I get it, but we're not facing what a lot of people in the earth are facing right now. So one of the ways you enter his gates is with thanksgiving, right? So I wanna just pray over that this morning and uh, I'm gonna ask the Lord that he would bring this amazing breakthrough that would come out of the Carolinas. It's an anointing. And so, Lord, we thank you. We want to be the hands and feet that assist in all of the places, the earth. We pray for Ukraine. We pray for the, our own country. We pray for all that's happening in the mission fields of the world right now where there's a lot of struggles and tribulation. We were commanded to pray for the persecuted church. When you think about this, the Kent and Andrea were hunkered down. The roof had pretty much come off. The doors had opened up, and they hunkered down in the inner bathroom and rode the storm out that whole night, pretty, pretty frightening. So Lord, I thank you for protecting them. Kent also was concerned that he had some symptoms of malaria, because once this kind of happens, the mosquitoes go crazy. And I think he's had malaria 15 times, I've lost track. Lord, I just pray for protection and covering these people who spend their lives for you. God, we can be the hands and feet here. Paul said, when you see the need, let your heart be moved, so I thank you for blessing all that you're doing now on the earth, in Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray that you would transfer this into the souls of men and women. It may be for structures and outreach as a witness. We know that they've paid a tremendous price already many times. Imprisoned, sick, accused of things, stolen, lied on. God, I just pray for Kent and Andrea, Lord, that you'd minister to them and all of our loved ones and family all over the globe right now, in Jesus' name. Well, I wanted to speak to you this morning about the various gifts that are given by grace. Various gifts given by grace. But before we do that, I wanted to demonstrate, or at least model, some operation of the gifts that were happening even this week. So let me start, where's Katie? Did I see, oh, there's this Katie. There's another Katie. Did my Katie leave? She walked out, okay, good. Well, Katie, let's start with this Katie. Just a short testimony of what God's been doing with you this week. All right, so I'll just sum up this week. I have a lot to share, but um, um, I went through a lot this last year. And on April 8th, I tried to kill myself, and I wasn't supposed to be found, but God had other plans. I was not supposed to die that day. Amen. Yeah. Not supposed to. And so I've been in contact with Miss Addie, and just I've been out there, and I've been suffering, and I've been struggling, and I've been so depressed. And on Tuesday, it just came down to a point where I couldn't keep going. I, I was going to kill myself. I wanted to die. I was just miserable. I felt 
guilt. I felt um, fear. I didn't have any energy. I, I just didn't have any drive or anything. And so I called someone who I know knows Jesus. <laughs> and um, I got together with her and I accepted him back into my heart. Yeah, God. Thank you. Thank as you. As my Lord and Savior. And um, my life has been so different. <laughs> yeah. So, Lord, I just want to. Uh, Jeremiah 33 3 says, Call to me and I'll answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things you didn't know. So calling a mama, I've done the same thing. When we get into a place where, help Jesus, call out. Don't be a lone ranger. So Lord, we just pray covering over Katie, Lord. There are many that are out there struggling, trying to find their way. So Lord, the breaker anointing, Lord, we ask that you bring them back. Bring all the prodigals back, Lord. We need you. We need this next generation to come into a place and be a witness and a testimony. So we thank you for what you're doing with Katie. In Jesus' name, thank you for sharing. Sure. I want to add that when I accepted him back into my heart, my life changed in that moment. Um, everything, the guilt, the fear, the shame, everything gone. I can look at myself in the mirror. There is a Yay. light behind my eyes. I've got the blood of Jesus. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. So there's a gift of calling out. There's this place of helps that comes out. So yesterday, Katie and I were having a daddy day. We were having our daddy, just a second, Katie, I'll give it to you more. Um, I want to set this up. So we were, if you've ever been around daughter Katie, right? Um, I don't know where she gets this from. She has a strong personality, you know. And so we were in eggs up having breakfast. And tell us what happened, Katie. The Lord showed me a couple, and they were two black people, and they were um, just sitting there, and the Lord said, go up to them, and I said, oh, I see y'all in ministry, I see y'all being pastors, and y'all praying for your grandkids and kids, and they're like, you are exactly right, and they were really, un- they were really undone and touched. Encouraged. Amen. Can I have Katie come back? I gotta pray for her. Of course. Come here. I have a word for you. I've known you a long time, and I'm glad that you're back because I was worried about you. And I, you, we need each other because, and you know, we all go through things. That, you know what I see. I see God teaching you how to counsel other Katie's and other women that are, that, are, that are out there that don't know how to come back to the Lord and that you're going to help them. And, you know, I fell asleep on, two, on Wednesday afternoon and I had a dream and I was like, Lord, what is it? And she ends up coming to church, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm stout the chair crying because I was like, my sister's that. Come on. Thank you. <laughs> so I've learned when, when I'm with Katie, no matter where we go, you know, when she says, Dad, I'm hearing from the Lord, it's like, okay, here we go. Turns out they were both pastors encouraged, then of course I have to introduce myself, it's like, can't hide, you know, and then we just have a moment, and so I want to also give you another example, I got a call late, earlier in the week from James, tell us what happened with you, James. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask and think, according to the power that worketh in us. Uh, this past week, um, as I was, uh, I commune with God before I always leave my house, and God always orders my steps when you submit to him. So I went out, and I usually go to a place called SNL Deli on Wednesdays when, when I was working. Unfortunately, I'm not working, but God did give me double for my trouble. So I went on Thursday, the Lord sent me down there, and as I walked through the doors, I see my friend Chris Pyrus, who I haven't seen in over a year, that moved the Burgall from Oyster Bay, New York, where I was from. We went to elementary school together, we went to middle school together, and we went to high school together, and we graduated together. 
he was sitting down with his, with his mother and father. And I said, Chris, what's going on? How's it going? He says, all right. He says, my father is about to go have some tests done. He has some things going on with his stomach. And the Lord said, ask Mr. Pyrus if you would, you know, if he would like, if he would like for me to pray for him. So I said, Mr. Pyrus, would you like for me to pray for you? He goes, yeah, you can pray for me. So I, I prayed for him. And then uh, Chris texts me back later on that day that all his father's tests came back negative in Jesus' name. So that victory right there is not just for, it's, it's for the body of Christ because we're family. So I would like to encourage everyone here, when the Holy Spirit prompts you, obey. It could be life or death. All right, just obey. All right, I love you. Thank you. Thank you, James. So I wanted to just kind of model some of the gifts, but before we do that, um, I need three volunteers. Okay, come on, B. Come on, Tony. Come on, Deanna. Okay, don't you like it when people volunteer but they don't know what they're gonna get into? What I'm gonna ask you to do is, uh, first of all, there's, it's a gift of grace, and the only thing that you have to do with this is share it, okay? So there's three types of gifts. One is, good thing Katie wasn't, my Katie. Okay, so we're gonna put that one there. Uh, This is an envelope of cash. Nice, yeah. And this is a surprise that's in here. So there's three gifts here. Um, Let's see, you were the first to raise your hand. Why don't you pick first? Okay, Tony, Deanne, okay, look at the back of that, Deanne. Show some people what's up on there. There's a little more money on that. Okay, now, here's, here's the point. Um, what I'd like you to do, Tony, you can look at that gift card that's in there. It's really hidden in there, it's, yeah, it's in there. It's a gift card to Cracker Barrel. So here's the request. What I'd like you to do is share the gift that you've gotten. You decide who you wanna share it with. Go out to a meal and just encourage someone. Pat, whether it's $1 or whatever you wanna do with it. And Deanne, yeah, you could share that with anyone that likes chocolate and the money. All right, thank you. Thank you, ladies. Oh my goodness, all of it, including the money? Katie, remember your dad. I'm feeling a date coming on, Katie, okay. So look at your handout. I wanna start this morning with uh, the various gifts given by grace out of Romans 12, six, the top of your outline there. The, first of all, the, the purpose of gift giving is to receive that grace, you, you, you know, you give me to offer a gift and not get it, not take it. I mean, in fact, there are so many gifts listed in the scriptures that when we get to the other side, we'll find out, did I miss some of what was available to me because I didn't open the gifts, right? And so there's a gift that's available to us, the inheritance, we've been hearing that from Leif Hetland's teaching the last 12 weeks about the, the gift of identity, the gift of purpose, the gift of destiny, and so there's so much in that. But the purpose of this gift that's given by grace through the Holy Spirit is that you would build and share it to encourage. So when Katie walked up to, heard the Holy Spirit at Eggs Up and said, I gotta go talk to them, um, they were so encouraged. When James's friend, who he hadn't seen in you know, a year, and his dad, when you pray for him, they're encouraged. And then the testimony goes forward, especially when the results come back. But even if the results, had, there was this encouragement. And so I want us to um, be encouraged to operate in your gifts. So I wanna give us a biblical basis of gift giving this morning. So let's start with Romans, turn with me to Romans chapter 12. I'm sure you're familiar with the first part of that. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind, letting God change the way you think. But I want us to look at this purpose of this teaching this morning, more of a teaching as well, but then I want to release an anointing to ask that you would embrace the gifts that are already at work within you and use them for the edification of the body of believers. So let's start. I want to begin in verse 4. Romans 12, 4. I'm going to read a lot out of the New Living Translation, but I will use the King James at various points. Just as our bodies, are you there, Romans 12, 4? Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, it is so with, the Christ, with Christ's body. We are many parts, but one body, and we all belong to each other. Amen. Let that sink in for a minute. So don't be critical of some other church down the road that doesn't do it quite the way you do it. Don't, don't do that. What you basically is calling your foot or your hand or your nose something that's not right. All right, let's keep going. And so it is, in his grace, verse six, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. And if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be an encourager. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend that you love others. Really love them. Hello. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in the confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. So we see a listing here of giftings that Paul calls out, prophecy, service, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, kindness, true love, genuine honor, no laziness. There's this zealousness, or King James says, a fervent spirit. Serve the Lord fervently. Serve enthusiastically and practice hospitality. All right, now turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to look at several uh, verses here in chapter 12, 13, and 14 that I want to just kind of pull from. First of all, if you've been here any length of time, we've taught on the gifts before, but I want us to go a little deeper in some understanding of how the kingdom functions and how the Lord has set it up, how the Father has set it up, and how Holy Spirit sets it up. First of all, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, dear brothers and sisters, concerning spiritual gifts. King James says, I don't want you to be ignorant. So basically what Paul's saying is, don't be stupid. Okay? So he's being nice. I don't want you to be ignorant. They even dress it up a little more in uh, in the New Living. It says, dear brothers and sisters, regarding the question, so obviously they had questions about it, the special abilities the Spirit gives, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know when you were still pagans, and it goes on and how they behaved and went after idols. Look at verse four. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's the same spirit that is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service. Now I want you to look at this. The service, the King James says, administrations. So administration and service is a correlation. The gifts of the spirit the spiritual gifts are correlation. And then in verse, the next gift is the one about operations. It says in verse six, and there are diversities of operations in the King James, but it is the same God who works all in all. So look at me for a moment. What you're seeing here is the Father God sets up an operation. He decides, I'm gonna have a global river church. 
And they're gonna minister in Mozambique, Costa Rica, they're gonna minister in their operation. He's gonna set up a first fruits because there are people that are trafficked out there and I've gotta have an operation to go rescue them. And there are homeless people out there that I've gotta go grab out of their homelessness and I've gotta set up an operation for that. So if you think about all the ministries, the parachurch organizations, the Father God has said, I've got an operation I need to set up here. And he puts a call on someone that sets this up, brings elders together, but then he sets up administrators. In fact, you're gonna look at the gift in a minute in Ephesians 4.11, the five-fold ministry gift. These are gifts from the Lord himself. So the Lord sets up a five-fold ministry to administer this operation. So the father says, I'm gonna have this operation, but then I'm gonna set up administrators over it, pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, right? Um, and so he sets up the fivefold ministry to administrate, and then the Holy Spirit says, I need to touch all of the giftings in all of my people to raise up the spiritual gifts of generosity, giving, helps, compassion, so that you, because Ephesians 4.11 says, the fivefold ministry equips the saints to do the works of ministry. That's how the kingdom operates. In reality, if you've worked in business or even a household, in your household, you have a certain operation that goes on in your house. Who takes out the trash? Who cuts the grass? Who pays the bills, right? There's gotta be a functionality to a splitting of responsibilities and purpose. And so, it's not any different in business, same thing. You have those that work on IT, right, like Carrie? Right, you have those who work in operations, keep the heat on, you got people that are shipping out, you got sales, there is an administrating of the the purpose of this operation to go forward and be successful. So once you understand how this operates, you start to say, oh, so what's my role? What's my purpose, where am I? Glad you asked, let's keep going. Verse seven, 1 Corinthians 12, seven. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. King James says it this way, to build up, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. To build up, some of your translations say build up. So when my Katie prophesies over this Katie that says you're gonna be raised up to help other women come out of stuff or people that have been broken, that is a prophetic revelation that has activity and power and anointing in it that activates something in a person. Now you can, you can dismiss it, you can, dis- you can discar- disregard the word or you can operate in it and embrace it. And so, but he says don't get all puffed up about that. Let's keep reading, you'll see why in a minute. He says, now the Spirit, now he's speaking of the Holy Spirit, he gives one person the ability to give wise advice to the other, I see Arlene back there. Good to see you, Arlene, praise the Lord. And George, we're glad to see you too, but you know. Talking about wise advice, Arlene has been a counselor. If, if, um, If Lisa Moore were here, she'd say how many times that mama has given her wise counsel and revelation. So this is this gifting of wise counsel. So this Holy Spirit released a person to give wise advice. Another, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge to know some things. When my Katie was sitting there and I've got eggs in my mouth, she goes, Dad, I'm hearing from the Lord. I gotta go talk to that couple. That's a word of knowledge. She steps out and as she's stepping out, the Lord is downloading prophetically what to say to her and I'm going, Lord, let her get it right. That's pretty specific. Your pastors, both of them, right? And you're praying for grandchildren. I hope they have them, you know? Because if not, I'm about ready to get the bill and check out, right? Right on target. And, you know, I've known from, but even if she were to miss part of it, the fact that she stepped out and was encouraging, remember, it's not, uh, we don't stone the Old Testament prophets in the New Testament, praise God. So we see this, let's keep going, the words of knowledge, so some get a word of, some he gives special faith, the gift of faith, that's different than the, the, the amount of faith given for, for coming into the kingdom, this is the type that opens up blind eyes, opens up red seas, it's like, whoa, and they speak with such authority, things happen. Great faith to another. One, he gives the spirit, gift of healing. The other, he gives the purpose to perform miracles. Another one, the ability to prophesy. He gives some the ability to discern whether the message is from God or it's another spirit. Amen. 
Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. Uh Uh-oh. And another, the ability to interpret. It is one and only spirit that distributes these gifts, and he alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, the human body, he goes on, verse 12, he goes, the human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit, right? What did he tell us in Romans? Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Verse 14, yes, the body has many parts, not just one part, and if the foot says, well, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, but does not make it unless, the, and does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would anybody hear? Or if the whole body was an ear, how would everybody smell anything? Come, he's being real practical here. Our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Hello? That's why you gotta ask the Lord, where am I supposed to be? If you're a hand, be a hand. If you're a hand trying to be a foot, you're gonna have some trouble. You're gonna walk funny, right? How strange the body would be if it was only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't don't need you. And the hand, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the body parts who seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Uh Uh-oh. And the parts we regard as less honorable are the ones we clothe and we take great care with. So we carefully protect those parts so they should not be seen. All right, just keep your mind here. While the more honorable parts do not require special care, they do require special care. So God has put the whole body together with such extra honor and care that are given to the parts that have less dignity. Now, if you put that in a spiritual sense, people that come in that maybe they're broken and they're homeless or they haven't bathed and we kind of like set them aside, like they're not as honorable as we are then we need to be careful about what we're doing here. And he's about ready to address that. He says, you know, don't think you're all that in a bag of chips, right? Now, God thinks you're a bag of chips, but if you start to think you're a bag of chips, then uh, it's called pride. (laughs) He says, don't think of yourself so highly as yourself. That's part of Romans. So, okay. So he goes on and says, give honor. Verse 25, this makes for harmony. Didn't we just hear about unity in this prophetic word? Harmony among the members so that all members care for each other. If one part suffers, all parts suffer. And one part is honored, all parts are glad. You know, if you drop something on your toe and your, your body reacts and remembers that pain for quite a while, right? It gets a lot of attention. So he's saying, look, pay attention. All of you together, verse 27, are the body of Christ and each of you is part of it. Now here are some of the parts that God has appointed to the church. First are the apostles, second are the prophets, third are the teachers, those who do miracles, the gifts of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Verse 29, he asks a question. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have this gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. Hmm. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. What's that? Well, that's interesting because it depends on what you're trying to do. If you're in House of Mercy ministry, I sure hope you have the gift of helps, right? We don't need people loading bags and carrying them out that may not have the the right giftings there. They might have an attitude issue, right? So make sure that when you say this is an appropriate gift, where I'm serving is where I want that gift to really operate. But I'm gonna challenge that in a minute as well. But now show me the way of life that is best of all. Now look at this. We've kind of looked at this recently in 1 Corinthians 13, right? Love is patient, kind, keeps no record of wrong, is not boastful, arrogant. How you doing on that? Anybody mastered that yet? 
Yeah, we need help. We need the Holy Ghost. We need a helper, right? So he goes on. I love that Paul sandwiches this, this understanding of operations, administration, and giftings right smack dab. Then he calls out several, and then he says, if you don't do this with love, you're actually nothing. He goes on and he warns us. He says, you know, you could be the best martyr and burn yourself up for the Lord. You can do all these things. Give all your money at the end. And if you don't love, it doesn't give you any credit. Wow. That's like, but that was really philanthropy. Yeah, but it says, as far as the love relationship is, it doesn't get you anything. So he says, let love be your highest goal. But then I want us to pick up on, look at verse seven of chapter 13. Beareth all things, believing all things. So this is where don't rejoice, verse six, in the things that don't lose your faith. But then he says in verse eight, prophecy and the speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. Some of you says we look through the glass darkly, right? And if you have the gift of prophecy that reveals only part of the picture, but when the time of perfection has come, these partial things will become useless. Let me read the King James. We know in part, verse nine, we know in part and we prophesy in part. Sometimes you get just a little picture and then the Lord gives you more. But that doesn't mean don't share the little picture because it may be really critical. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. When I thought as a child and I did childish things, but now I put those things away and I look through the glass darkly. Then he leaves this chapter, verse 13 of chapter 13. These three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Then he goes on and he picks up in chapter 14. Now let's, I'll just highlight some things here. Tongues and prophecy. Because I've had people come and say, Pastor, I've been praying and believing for the baptism, but I don't speak in tongues yet. Does that mean I'm not baptized? Now there'll be denominations, but Paul just said, does everybody have this gift? And so keep pursuing. That is evidence, there is an evidence that comes, right? And we see that, remember a few weeks ago I shared in the baptism and we prayed for that, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we prayed and there is evidence given when the baptism comes with speaking in tongues. But don't give up and don't get discouraged. Oh, I don't think I have that gift. A lot of times it's just a matter of how much surrender have you given and just release that and let the Holy Spirit. I wanna talk to you about what gifts you do have and when you might have them and when you might have all of them. Give a couple examples of that in a minute. But let me keep going. Chapter 14, verse one. Let love be your highest goal. You should always desire special abilities the Spirit gives. Are you desiring those things? This idea about being complacent. Well, yeah, back in Ot 6, I got this gift, and if he wants me to use it again, I'll let him come and tell me about it. That's not the right attitude. Enthusiastically, you are to pursue that. Now, I always get humbled when I go out with Katie, because she's like, Miss Social Butterfly, hello, and how are you? And she's got down in the details, so how's it? I'm like, wow, that girl is something. And then she can't get away from God, and like, Katie, can we just like go to the cleaners? You know, and yeah. But, I, you know, do our errands today? We have to go with God everywhere. Oh, yes, we do. I get humbled. It's like, so I like, okay, God, thank you, right? Thank you for showing me some of my inadequacies, attitudes, right? Okay, so let love be your highest goal, but always desire, it says desire. Desire, there's a desire, a hunger for the gifts given by the Spirit. Then he goes on, especially the ability to prophesy. If you've never prophesied, I encourage you to do it. You probably already do. When you see things and you get like a picture, you get a revelation, it's probably either word of knowledge or prophecy. Most, most have it anyway, but they're just not aware of it. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll only be talking to God. He goes on, in, and we didn't go there, but in, in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, if I speak in tongues of angels or if I speak in tongues of men, so we saw in Acts chapter two, right, when the Holy Spirit fell in Pentecost, they had these fishermen 
that didn't know their different languages all of a sudden get the download of a tongue from all the people visiting from their foreign lands and they're speaking about the kingdom. That was the tongues of men being interpreted in that place. I had an example of that. I'm in the bush bush on our first trip to Mozambique and we're in the bush bush and you know me, I'm a, I'm a doer. So we, we, we raised money, we, we got, we're on flatbed trucks, we go into the bush in Mutarara, we got Heidi, there's so much famine, the, the Zambezi River had overflowed its banks, the refugee camps were there. In one day, all the food's gone. And I'm like, and there's, Hungry people, babies that are sick and dying. I have pictures of my wife holding the babies. The mama said, just let the white woman pray for my baby. Malaria, bloated belly, sickness, dysentery. It'll wreck you in a moment. And I'm saying, we gotta get more food rolling. We, 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 gotta. we drove eight hours. There's no more food. There is none. And he said, by the way, you're preaching in the morning to this crowd. I said, I don't have anything to give them. You give them Jesus. Well, what's the dialect here? We're in a bush bush. He says, don't worry about it. Papa Supresa will get the dialect. I said, what? He goes, just give him Jesus. Yes, sir. When I get up to preach, the download comes. And Papa Supresa, who I think, I don't know, has tested, he doesn't say anything about it. I think he's raised 25 from the dead, maybe more now, I don't know. He's Heidi's administrator, just a man that, get up and I preach Jesus, and the Lord downloads and says, you cannot mix, tell them, they can't mix Christianity with their local witchcraft. Tell them to come up here and unload all their amulets and all this stuff. The stage was completely full of rat furs and these amulets and things. The one baby that had this uh, rat fur underneath his diaper and she wondered why the baby was sick. And we preached and the Holy Spirit fell and I left that place and I said, as long as I live, missions will be at the center of anything I can do. Because the gospel of Jesus went forth and I saw a thing, it just, it wrecked this, this man that just thought he could do all things by his own strength. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you'd ever ask or think. The ability to prophesy. Because why? Verse three says in, verse, in chapter 14, one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, comforts them. Verse five, verse five, I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues. When you're speaking in tongues, in the angel tongue, you're speaking to God and your spirit man is, is in that concert. And Jesus, he tells us, through Paul, that we are to speak in tongues, we are to speak in the gifts in the Holy Spirit often. Paul says, speak in the Spirit, but I would best that you would operate in the English language or the language that you're in, in prophecy when you're in open setting like this. And he gives some instructions on that. He goes on and says, in verse 12, and the same is true for you, since you are so eager to have spiritual, special abilities that the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also in the ability to interpret. But I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand everything I'm saying. Well then, what should we do? Should we pray in the spirit? I'll pray in words and in the spirit. And I will sing in the spirit. And I will sing in words that I understand. That's why I love that sometimes we shift in the midst of our ministry of worship. All of a sudden we'll go into a spirit of singing in tongues. And there's that place where even in the corporate setting, when you're here, you're not prophesying and you're, not, you're in worship this way, vertically. You can sing in the spirit. You can worship in the spirit. You can sing in English or whatever tongue you're in. Sing in that praise and worship. Even if all of a sudden everybody's singing in a tongue spirit individually right here, that tongue's of fire that's going up into heaven. However, when we're ministering in a public setting, pray for interpretation. That's what Paul gives instructions on, and talks about doing that in an orderly fashion. So if you speak in tongues, ask for the interpretation of that. What's been happening with me is I bypass my brain and I let the spirit communicate spirit to spirit because the spirit of God is within me. Sometimes I see like an interpretation going across my brain. Oh, I'm like reading it. And I love that. It's like, thank you spirit, show me what that's all about. And sometimes uh, the revelation of that will give you instruction, or at least when you pray, he says, 
the intercession that comes from Christ, he prays for us, right? Well, Paul goes on and he says this. He says in verse 39 of chapter 14, brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and don't forbid speaking in tongues, but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. So I want us to see, take a look at your handout. We've talked about the Apostle Paul gives these encouragements to us and he says, the gifts of grace that are given, that that word actually grace in the Greek is charismata, charismatic. These are the inward desires, dispositions, enablements, abilities that we as believers are given. In fact, won't turn there, but in Peter talks about this as well. So you got not only Paul emphasizing this, but 1 Peter 4.10, I've listed that scripture there. He says this, God has given each of you the gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. But everything you do, do it to bring him glory. So this growing in grace, I want you to kind of look with me how when you start out in a gift, and it could be very minor, you think, at least you think it's a service gift. I want us to look at an example. Look at Acts chapter six for a minute. The example of Philip and what God did with him over at least 25 years from the start of his ministry in chapter six of, of Acts, the church is expanding. It's blown up, in fact, because of what's happening. Ever since the baptism came down in, in Acts chapter two with Pentecost, chapter six, verse one. As the believers rapidly multiplied, there was rumblings of discontent. Acts six one. The Greek believers were complaining about the other believers, about the widows being discriminated. So you got, they're getting more food from us, uh, and we're not getting, man, have we heard that in House of Mercy, amen? It's like nothing new under sun here. It's like <laughs> so they got a bunch of complaining going on, and they're, they're they're giving more food to them. And so what did the apostles are trying to sort it all out, keep peace in the church? So the twelve decided, verse two, with a meeting of all the believers, we apostles need to spend our time teaching the word and not running a food program. So brothers and sisters, I want you to select seven men. Here's the criteria: well respected, full of the spirit, and full of wisdom. We'll give them the responsibility so we can spend our time in prayer and teaching. So what did they do? Of the seven, Stephen was the first martyred there. He's picked, and Philip, you see that in verse five? Philip is picked. Well, what happens? Persecution breaks out. Stephen is murdered in chapter seven. The church is scattered, and then you know from chapter eight, if you've been listening to any of our baptism, Philip goes to the half-breeds in Samaria. Look at chapter eight, verse four. Philip This is an example of the scattered church about. So he's the house of mercy guy. I guess they shut down the house of mercy because they're probably gonna kill some of the believers. And so they scatter. Philip ends up in Samaria and he preaches the kingdom. And it says Philip was there as an example. He was eager, they were eager to hear his message. Miraculous signs, many evil spirits were cast out, screaming, paralyzed people were healed and the joy in the city was great. Well, the, the big guys, Peter and John say, what? That place has got the Holy Ghost. So they go check it out, and the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on them. They come, they lay hands on them, the Holy Spirit baptizes them. So I want you to see Philip, signs and wonders followed. He preached the kingdom, he cast out demons, he brought healing. So what gifts is he operating in? He's operating in a whole bunch of them. Because why? He's an example of the only one present at that moment. Turn with me to chapter 21. I want you to see what happens. This is about 20 years later. That was in Jerusalem. Then he moves in persecution to Samaria. And it's about from Caesarea to Jerusalem is about 78 miles. 78 miles, he's now in Caesarea. Look at chapter 20. And in chapter 20, look at what happens. Uh, I'm sorry, 21, verse eight. Chapter 21 of Acts, verse eight. Paul's journeys He's about ready to say goodbye to the elders. He's gonna go, to, he's gonna go in prison in Rome. It's, he's saying goodbye to everybody. Well, where do they stay? At Philip's. The next day they went to Caesarea, verse eight, and they stayed at the home of Philip, the evangelist. Oh, now he's a five-fold minister. 
one of the seven men who had been chosen to distribute food. Acts chapter six. He had four, now look at, look at the legacy of his family. He had four unmarried daughters who had the gift of prophecy. I want you to see a man of spirit and wisdom and honor selected to serve, to take care of the cranky widows, right? Not all widows are cranky, but they were in this case. And he's there, you need people who are wise and full of the spirit to do that, because you can really damage the church. And so he's there, when the persecution happens, he doesn't hang up his gift. In fact, God releases that in such a powerful way. I want you to see, we already talked through in 1A, the diverse operations and workings that come from the Father, chapter 12 of Corinthians, verse six, administrations from the fivefold ministry gifts, and then the Holy Spirit. Turn with me just for a moment to Ephesians 4. I want you to see the fivefold ministry gifts and what their purpose is. In Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, Actually, we'll probably, you can look at chapter two. It says the whole church is built upon the prophets and the apostles. He says that in chapter two, but then in verse 11, well, let's back up and go to Ephesians four, verse seven. Let's start there. Ephesians four, seven. You there? Okay. However, he has given each one of us special abilities. Who's he talking about? This is the Lord himself. The Lord Jesus Christ himself, the one who had faith in battle, right? Says, he gave special abilities through the generosity of Christ. King James says it, but to every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, he hath ascended up to heaven, and he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. He's talking about Jesus, he was the ascended one. But before he ascended, he went down into the lower parts of the earth. Many believe this is where he unlocked, right? Got the keys back during that three days in the ground in the earth. He, des- he descended to the same also as the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fulfill all things. And he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So these are the fivefold ministry gifts of the administration given by Jesus over his church. Okay, back to our handout. So there are many parts. Build up the church with this gift, the manifestation. Let me share one um, example. When we were in Tanzania, we got invited by Leif Hetland. He'd heard, he'd been with us with Randy Clark and Bill Johnson and I think it was in Brazil, I can't keep track, Argentina, anyway. And uh, so Leif came to us and said, I need you to uh, run the deliverance tents for us. I have over 200 churches in Tanzania that are part of my outreach there and there's a lot of witchcraft. Would you come and do what you do with Randy and the team, train your team up and come? I said, okay. So we went um, and while we're there, we had four other ministries that were operations given by God. Leif was gonna cover the love, because he's the apostle of love, the ambassador of love. Jack Taylor, our spiritual papa, was gonna teach on the kingdom. And then I was to do deliverance. The guy named Jim Rogers from Colorado, he was gonna do the healing ministry. And then Danny Stein out of the Mountain of Worship in South Carolina was gonna bring worship. And so we were assigned to go to all these different locations where the 200 churches were at, gather the, the churches there in these fields and, or in larger churches and do those ministries. Kingdom one day, love another day, deliverance another day. Okay, so it wasn't really a great idea, but they took a poster, the pastors locally took a poster and put all five of our pictures on the poster, told us what we were doing and when we were coming which is not great when you have people that might wanna kill you from another faith, um, or you have people in witchcraft that will curse you to have you die. It's not not, not a great idea to have your picture all over the place with your name. And so I see that, I'm going, oh, that's just wonderful. Let's pray. So we end up in Boma, and if you probably have heard this story, we're in Boma, and what I want to demonstrate here is you may operate in a particular gift but if you're the only Holy Spirit that's here and all the gifts are needed, you will get all of them. And so you remember this story probably. There was, how many were on that trip with me to Tanzania? One, two, three, okay, praise, four, amen. So we got some eyewitnesses, you can tell them. That was quite a day. And uh, 
we were there and we're right next to a Muslim mosque in Boma and in that mosque, they had heard we were coming, so the day before, they decided, let's ups, upscale the Christians that are coming, and we'll have a, uh, a mosque conference the day before. So over the loudspeaker, over the field we're in, in Swahili is the mosque blowing all this stuff, and I have a translator, and I know what they're saying. <laughs> it's not encouraging, okay? And so I go there to do the deliverance ministry in the morning, I count in the field, we're in an old field next to this mosque, and there's about a thousand people in the field, and I got a team of 16 on that trip, and we were trained and we were armed to the teeth for spiritual warfare. We knew what we were coming up against. So, long story, the, uh, the bottom line is, I preach in the morning to set the stage, because we're gonna do a massive deliverance in the afternoon. In the afternoon, after lunch, 4,000, I count them, 4,000 are now. So I got 3,000 newbies and I'm like, I can't go back and do the morning session to set this whole thing up, Lord, what do I do? And I've got all this stuff and there's people from another faith standing back there and they're in the back of the, and I've got women in full burqas. We had Maasai warriors with spears. I mean, this was like, we are not in Kansas anymore, Toto, right? And I'm wondering, Lord, this, this could be a dangerous thing here to go and have a massive deliverance. So I don't know what to do. Lord, what do I do? And we've got all these dancers from all the churches there, and it's like takes an hour for each church to do their, and all the time I'm sitting up there as the guest of honor in this makeshift little stand, and I'm like, Lord, should we go home? I don't want anybody hurt here, Lord. You know, those people in the mosque, you know what they're saying, Lord? And I'm like, I am in a crisis of faith. I'm being straight with you. And I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. You sent us here. Apostolically, you brought us here. I'm under apostolic covering. The local pastors of the operations of the churches that are here and their administrators have said, come and minister. We need you. We have to have deliverance. I'm like, so I'm like, but I don't want to be presumed. You know, finally, I just heard from the Lord, not audibly, but either go big or go home. Basically, stop your whining. Stop whining and do what I told you to do. That's the impression I got. I'm like, okay. It's like kind of like Joshua, get up off your face. <laughs> like, yes, sir. And so I got up and I, this is how God operates. I preached that afternoon to the 4,000. And when I gave an altar call, 250 gave themselves to Christ. They, they rushed the altar. Now, if I had gone home in fear, now I'm not there are times when the Lord will tell you what to do and what not to do, but that was one where, okay, so I, I said, that's the largest altar call I've ever seen. And I said, now, there was a skeptical pastor from another part of the body of Christ, which I could tell he wasn't happy we were there. I don't even know if he embraced deliverance. I didn't ask. But he was, anyway. I said, here, pastor, take the microphone. We're about ready to pray for all the sick. So I want you to invite all the terminally ill, or the very sick ones, to come to the front and line up in front of my, sick, my 15 folks. And they're like 30, 40 deep. I'm saying, Pastor, no, 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 just the really sick ones. He goes, they are the really sick ones. There's no health care here. If Jesus doesn't come, they die. And I remember the first interview, because then all of a sudden things, screams start happening. People are getting healed, blind eyes. He hands the mic to a woman who's in a full burqa. All I see is her eyes. And I, the word tumor and uterus is the same in many languages. Tumoro utero, right? And in Swahili, she tells the pastor, I went to Allah's conference yesterday to have my uterus healed from this tumor, and Allah did not heal me. Now they, our Muslim brothers, they, they embrace Jesus as a healer and a teacher. It's not opposed to that. So, but then she says, I came here, and they prayed for me, and Jesus healed me, and my tumor is gone. Something broke in the spirit, and all of a sudden, those who were with me, blind eyes, deaf ears, tumors. It just, it went absolutely bonkers in the Holy Ghost. And when we got on the bus, first of all, I was glad we lived. <laughs> but then it was like Christians on steroids. Everybody had a, t so what did God do for you? I mean, you couldn't shut that bus up. It was like, oh my gosh. It was like, every, you would, I prayed for this, and this happened, this happened, this happened. And I got back in the hotel, 
And I thought, you know what? My spiritual papa, Randy Clark, who has a healing gift, I think that's been imparted to me. <laughs> no, I, was like, I couldn't sleep. I'm like, Bong! I'm like, oh my gosh, did we really see this? Was that really happened? And we didn't die, and yay. And I said, Lord, so why did you do that? That's so awesome. We have new gifts. He goes, no. Allah challenged me, and I will not be challenged by Allah. You were the right people in the right place at that moment, and I gave you everything to accomplish what I had planned to do. Now, he does share other gifts with us, but those, that was the moment where I said, oh, Lord. So I don't want us to, I want to try to set this thing in the right context or balance. So look at the bottom. Verse uh, 3b. Some of the gifts manifest through an individual on a regular basis, and a believer may have more than one gift to minister to a particular need. The believer ought to desire the gifts, but not just one gift, we read that. It is unscriptural and it is unwise to assume that because someone exercises a particular gift, that that person is more spiritual than one who has a less spectacular gift. Because what's spectacular? If you need the gift of helps, you want that right now. Right, you don't need prophecy, you get my point. Furthermore, possessing a gift does not mean God approves of all persons who does or teaches. Spiritual gifts must not be confused with the fruit of the Spirit, which relates more directly to Christian character and sanctification. We see that in Galatians 5. Turn the page. I'm gonna land this. Thank you for your patience. The Spirit's manifestation through the gifts may be counterfeited by Satan, false workers, disguising themselves as servants of Christ. In fact, we won't go there, but Matthew 7, Jesus warns about believers who call him Lord, Lord, who cast out demons, did healings and prophesied, and he says, I never knew you. He says, many in that day. So there are believers who operate in gifts that the Lord says, I don't know who you are. What you did was unlawful. It wasn't authorized by me. You used my name for some other purpose, and I don't know who you are. Amen. Scary. Read that, chapter seven, Matthew. But then it goes on and false prophets. Matthew, Jesus says this in Matthew 24. There will be false prophets in that day. Then he goes on and Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11, false apostles will arise. So what is that? We have to test the spirit, but don't, some, I don't wanna be critical here, but I don't think we need to call out our gifts like, you know, I'm this, right? Or I got my card, you know. Here, yeah, please, the Holy Spirit and the Lord will make your gift room for you, because you don't have to brag on it. I love it when Jennifer Costell, she's such a wonderful lady. She always, she always calls my daughter Prophetess Katie. There's Prophetess Katie, and the honor. What happens? She's free to operate in, with Jen in in ministry. Calls forth the honor. But Katie doesn't walk around and says. Yeah, I'm prophetess. Yeah. No, just, you hang around her for a little while, you'll get that prophetically she operates there. It used to scare the, the liver out of me. <laughs> it still does sometimes, but anyway, I just want you to see that don't let giftings become a badge. Do it to edify the body of Christ operated because it comes from him. And he's the one that should receive the glory and the honor. I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, when it comes, Bill, that was an amazing teaching. He says, well, thank you very much. As soon as he gets back, he says, Lord, you know. It was you. It was all about you. And we just get privileged to run with you. Right? And so keep that in the right. And I think then when the Holy Spirit falls and we have many coming, you'll be able to operate in the gifts. So there are many gifts that are given here. I want us to... Look at the bottom of this page. Let your love be the highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the gift the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. All right, I want to just close with, there is a, a handout. When you leave the church today, I want to encourage you. Um, our meters and greeters will be standing there, and this is the spiritual gift survey. It's... It's seven pages, but don't let that freak you out. It won't take, my wife did hers the other day, it took you what, maybe half hour, right? But what you'll do is it will, and some of you have taken this gift before, you'll pick it up on the way out, they'll be standing out there. Um, just take about a half an hour this week quietly, 
Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal, so what are my gifts? And it'll ask you some questions. There's about 48 something, 48, eight, oh, 80, yeah, well, okay. 80 questions that you'll skill, you'll, and then you graft it. When my wife grafted hers, you'll see it. It's really, it's, it's, it'll really encourage you. It'll show you, kind of point you in a direction, where do you burn? Where do you, where do you really operate? What's in here? And when you do that, I would love you to bring it back next week at least, and our folks, I'm gonna ask Loretta to volunteer some folks, remember, come and tell us what are, we'd like to get your name, phone number, email address, and if there's a particular gift that you've now highlighted, like maybe a ch- children's ministry gift, or helps gift, we can help then place you in, the, if you wanna serve in the church ministry, we look at certain things, wow, we need help on this one, then we can place you there, right? And so, I just encourage you, let's stand, and I thank the Lord that he, he's so careful about how he instructs us, right? So Lord, we just thank you that um, you have given gifts to all of us. And when we operate, it's like the racehorse that's racing as opposed to being stuck in a stall. When we run in our abilities, when we run in our destiny, we are fulfilled. We fulfill the fulfillment. So Lord, I pray right now, Father, that one, the spirit of wisdom and revelation we see in James 1, that if you lack wisdom, ask God. James 1, 5. So I'm asking that this week, your people would be able to see their giftings and then show them where they're to apply that gift. So that the whole body, every joint supplies. So Lord, I thank you for your wonderful word that is instructive and helps us. I thank you that the church of Corinth asked a lot of questions because then Paul could instruct and ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. So I pray blessing now, Lord, in the name of Jesus as we prepare, Lord, going outside the mission field gates right here. Lord, I pray pray for divine appointments and I just thank you for what you're doing among us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't forget Kingdom Men and Women, Monday night, And don't forget also Wednesday night, the paradigm for kingdom living. God bless you all. Have a great week.